to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome to Almost 2019. This episode marks our survival of Christmas. <laughs> if you uh, are like many people, and sometimes Christmas means visiting with family with whom you may have some tension or... If it's just an amazingly joyous occasion, it's usually a mix of both, though, isn't it? It's usually a mix of both. I, I do love the holidays because you take time to yourself and you take time to nurture yourself and then also to nurture some of those relationships that are important to you. My husband and I were talking about some of the people that we see sometimes and some of the people, you know, how much you love people and, but then you don't see them all the time and, it was, we were just saying, like, just because you love someone doesn't mean you want to hang out with them. <laughs> and I think that's okay. I think that's totally okay sometimes. But I think that, you know, the holidays give us the opportunity to realize, oh, I actually do want to hang out with this person. I do want to spend quality time with them. So congratulations for making it through. But it is now time to look to the new year. And this episode is going to talk about being able to take action because, you know, it's really natural. It's not just a sort of cultural lean or a commercial product uh, that we have resolute resolutions and encouraging us to purchase products, which that's a thing. That really is a thing that's occurring in the collective. But it actually is really natural that the turning of the calendar would provoke us to want to take action and make changes of some kind, whether it is to cease some old habits, whether they're in our physical life or in our thinking and feeling life, or if it is to start something and allow it to manifest into our reality in a powerful way. Part of the reason I think that we feel this, you know, of course, would be the alignment of the energies of the entire universe and the stars and, you know, being on a specific calendar system identifying to a set of numbers really means that we are identifying to a set of vibrations. So there are other calendars that, that are different than the Gregorian one, I think is what we use, right? That, uh, that there are the people on different calendars. You know, I, uh, the Chinese have a different calendar. They have a different new year celebration. And so their numbers, if they're identifying to those different numbers, then that's what they would be orienting to. So there are different ways that we can, many different perspectives. But if you're identifying with it being 2018 right now, and it's about to be 2019, then you are identifying with the frequency that surrounds those numbers. And so that's why, you know, as we shift a really major benchmark of how we're existing, which is every single morning I wake up and I identify what the date is. And the baseline of that is the year. And so we have been in 2018 is a universal, meaning collectively, we're all experiencing a certain kind of vibration of the 2018, if you reduce, if you add 2018 altogether, that comes down to um, 11-2. That's what we, the year that we have been in, basically two. We'll just call it two. And next year, we're moving into a three-year universally. Now, the three-year is all about expression, creativity, and fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I think that is something to really be inspired about. You know, like the following year is going to be a four universally, and four is about building. And sometimes we think like, oh, man, that doesn't sound as fun as expression and fun. But building is really is really important, too, because we get to really set the foundation. We love That's what we love about accomplishments and manifestation is the fact that we did, we have satisfaction from what we did to build it. But next year is more of a fruiting year. And then personally, you would have 
a different kind of personal vibration that you orient to that if you reduce your birth date to a single digit. And what you would want to do, I'm 317, so I go 1 plus 7 is 8, and then 3, that's 8 plus 3 is 11. I add that to 2019, which is a 3, 8, 9, 10, 11. I have a five-year next year. I don't know if I just said that math out loud, but right, but you, you get it. Reduce your birth date and add it to the three of next year, and that's the personal year you're moving into. Oh, yeah, I did say it right, because then 11, 2, and that 2 equals 5. Okay, okay, good. Check. Kurt, you're supposed to be my mathematician, too. <laughs> Producer Kurt. Mathematician Kurt. <laughs> Sorry are you good? That. Are you good at that? <laughs> I can be now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, that's really exciting for me, too. The five-year is all about adventure, change, and freedom. And it's also my personal, my life path year. So super exciting. But here's the thing. As we're moving from one frequency to another, having the urge to shift things, having the urge to probably manifest, change habits, and experience new events, you know, whether it's inner or outer world events, you, you know, we start to really think about that and start to feel it even. I, don't you feel the dematerialization of the year? And we're in a cooler season, too, for here in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, along those lines, I received an email from someone who is a coach. I'm just on their mailing list. And the subject of the email, I saw it yesterday come through, said, Are you procrastinating? And I just, I just saw the subject. Now, this person may have had a very inspiring message on the inside, and that was just the hook to get me to open it. And I didn't yet because I actually got into my own world about it. And so just reading the topic, the subject line, are you procrastinating? It really provoked in me to start scanning what I'm doing and scanning myself, looking, you know, like like the Terminator. I'm in my inner world, my outer world. I'm looking at the things. What am I procrastinating on? And when I do that, that is instantly creating self-judgment, right? Of course. Are you procrastinating? If you say no, then you're, you might be thinking that you're arrogant or at least irresponsible. Because if I just insist, no, I'm not procrastinating without doing some introspection, then I'm going to probably be dis- think that I could be disappointed in myself. So the, the effort of going in with the question is almost with the assumption that you might start to judge yourself. If you say procrastination, right, and that means that there essentially means that there's no reason for action to not be being taken right now, right? Procrastination means that you're somehow at fault. You're flawed. You're lazy even is the subtext. Isn't that what you feel when someone says I'm procrastinating? That's just a euphemism for lazy, right? <laughs> I also have a problem with us judging ourselves as lazy. Well, as I did, I realized that I could go into looking at certain areas that were not in movement the way that they should. And shoulding is always a bad sign. But what it definitely provokes if we go in through this portal of procrast- assuming that there's procrastination is there's judge. There's, there's judging, there's ridicule. And here's the thing about things actually manifesting in a, a universe that is composed of energy is that in order for something to manifest, in order for you to experience the life that you desire, events, relationships, jobs, money, whatever it is, ridicule and judgment is not the way. The way to experience that is love. So it's not, it's not judgment, it's love. That is really the portal to all of your desires actually happening. Well, I mean, even on the just energetic level, loving and accepting yourself is a preferable state than ridiculing and judging yourself. 
right? Ridiculing and judging yourself is literally non-integration. If you are ridiculing and judging yourself, saying, I'm lazy, I'm procrastinating, then you've created two people. You've created two identities. One that says you are no, you're not good enough. And so that's, there, there are two points of, of identity there. So literally it is disintegrating to judge yourself because you've created two people and they are, or two personalities and they are at opposition with one another. Loving and accepting yourself. So if you accept yourself in that, there are still two points of perspective Accepting myself, I accept myself, but they integrate, right? And so that is a a state of peace, clarity, and comfort. Well, that is all that we want from the things that we want. We want the feelings of freedom, of peace, of comfort, of abundance, of excitement, expression, all that the three year is promising for us to come. So If you get that email that says, are you procrastinating? And you have an urge to look into yourself with judgment. Well, I'm going to give you, uh, let's break that down a little bit. I'm going to say, let's take that urge as a cue to do some introspection and to immediately be in the feeling state that you do prefer, regardless of the things happening. And and of course, as we know, having the feeling state is actually what brings the actual things of the outer world to you. The energy needs to be soft not harsh. Nothing ever comes by harsh energy. When something comes, when we have harsh energy and then eventually something does manifest, it's because we let the harsh energy go. The harsh energy was just keeping us from the actual alignment with whatever the desired outcome is. And so I'm going to share with you a couple of techniques or a couple of ways to actually allow that feeling of self-judgment or procrastination, you know, judging oneself and ridiculing. As procrastination, I'm going to give us a couple of perspectives to allow that to be a pivot inward and then some techniques to use that energy so that we can then more quickly align and have the actual manifestation. Pardon me while I take a sip. And before I do that, I just want to tell you that I have a couple of things coming up that uh, the, first, the first thing I want to tell you about is coming up this Friday. So that would be the day after tomorrow. And if you aren't listening real time, if you're not watching this live or listening live, which, by the way, you can watch live on my YouTube channel now, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. And you can watch live and you can comment and uh, you can also find all of my other videos up there on my YouTube channel. Please do like, subscribe, share, comment. I love engaging with you guys there. Now, actually, I'll tell you, I only I only let nice stuff come through. I'll, I'll, if you want to say something nasty, I'll talk to you for a minute usually, unless it's just a troll. But I always stand up <laughs> for the space, <laughs> just so you know. So if you guys want to go and peruse there, the comments are going to be really nice, I think. Or Because if someone's just being nasty, I just don't want anyone. This is my space. You have to be nice in my playground. That's all I have to say about it. Anyway. Uh, So this Friday, even if you're not listening live, you can still go to my website and find this uh, because this is going to be available as something that you can take passively later. It is a class on universal laws and archangels. So if you go to my website, trishacarcharm.com slash AA hyphen UL, you'll be able to read all about it. And this month is um, on Archangel Sandalphon and the Law of Correspondence. And it's so exciting. So the, the universal law of correspondence basically means that there is 
a vibrational reality to any physical reality. That's one way to state it. And in this lesson, there's also coming through not just getting to know Archangel Sandalphon, who I love so much, but also Christ consciousness. So Jesus is actually coming through uh, as a part of the channeled information for this class. And I'm super excited about it. And I think St. Francis is coming through as well. Uh, I, I have it. I actually, when I'm preparing for this, I actually channel the lesson. And when I'm not in the channeling session, I can't remember it. That's just how usually channeling goes because you're working with your subconscious mind and it takes some passes at it to get to the conscious mind, meaning like I have to read it just like anyone else would because I'm not totally present to the experience. Anyway, go read about it. I would love to invite you guys to it. And then I also want to tell you that if you're local, if you're in Los Angeles or in Southern California, I am teaching locally at a beautiful studio in Burbank. So go check out. My next class is Intuitive intuitive Psychic Development um, or Psychic Mediumship Development, I think is what I call the class. And it's going to be on January 6th. So go to trishacarcharm.com slash mediumship hyphen Burbank. Is that it, Kurt? Thanks. So Kurt's put up the link and it'll be in the in the show notes as well. All right, so now let's get back to procrastination to inspiration. We're going to take procrastination and this judgment, and we're going to turn it into inspired inner work and inspired action. All right, first of all, when things are not moving, if we are not having things, if we're not taking action on them or they're not unfolding in an outer world sense, but really when we're looking at procrastination, we're we're saying, how do I take more action on this? And we want our energy to be soft. And we want to figure out how to actually assess if it's in alignment. And if we aren't having the action movement the way that we think that we should, there are two things that we can look at that might be the reasons that we are being inactive at it. Again, if you think I'm being lazy, let's just talk about being inactive or less active than the highest assumption would have us be. There are two things that we want to look at, and one is our relationship with ourself, which I was already talking about, loving yourself into action, or our relationship with the field, the overall, the collective, you know, or the universe, as you might say. So what you can do is if you are wondering if there's procrastination or non-action, you can ask if you are waiting for timing or slowed down in the awareness of what the field can deliver. And so what I mean by that is perhaps you have a belief that something is just not possible. Perhaps you think, well, the dream that I have isn't possible. People don't do this. The world doesn't supply this. Maybe it's my, it could be my micro environment, meaning my family or my lifestyle of some kind, or it could be the economy, politics, or just society in general. A person of my category, name any of them, a woman or a particular um, ethnicity or whatever it is, age. These are all the things that we say, we're rejected from the field. We're rejected from the collective because of this, these categories. Essentially, what that comes down to is a feeling of disenfranchisement, meaning that the franchise, the overall collective, does not accept me and does not support my desires, or it doesn't support the desires of this kind at all. So that is something that we would want to look at because disenfranchisement is going to keep us from connecting and and being in that true integration with the field. We do need the energies of the entire universe. We are not an island. We are part of a single energy. There really is only one energy in the universe, 
And that alignment, our aligning with it, is in our consciousness and our awareness and our frequency is how the desires that are within us, which are called, they're being called from, called to from the universe, that's how things actually manifest. And so one thing to, to look at, if, we, if it is about the field and our relationship to it, well, then we may want to clean up the energy if, we, if it is something about disenfranchisement. If we have limiting beliefs, meaning there are limitations on what we think the field will support for us, that's one thing to clean up. And the way to do that is, one way is to act is with affirmations, which I'll talk about in, in a moment and break down a little bit more. And another way is to, to just in, fantasize about your desire and put yourself in the energy of what it would feel like if the field gave you exactly what your desire was in your heart. That practicing that without having any um, awareness of the lack of it, that will shift the beliefs. That itself can allow you to release those limiting beliefs and help you to fall in love with the field so that that partnership is really very strong. The other thing to recognize as it concerns whether or not we are moving in partnership with the field would be to be okay with the fact that there are seasons and there are cycles. Just as I was talking about at the beginning, the the numerological season, that's a real thing. It's a real thing in the same way that we plant seeds in the fall and they're going to start to bloom in the spring. And it would be completely irrational for us to demand that they would be blooming in the winter right? Well, the whole of our life works this way. And, the, and if we look at it, the, the seasons are happening like that and the, the germination period is such that it is because the entire field or the ecosystem is connecting to the experience of the desire and co-creating it then. And so that's why seasons and cycles happen in the way that they do. If they happened too fast and too instantaneously, then we wouldn't really get to experience the dance. We wouldn't experience the, we wouldn't be able to savor the experience and have everyone basically place their energy into the co-creation as well. And so there could be that. It could be that it's not only you getting ready for you to experience your desire for you to experience the unfoldment. You know, if let's say if it's a, a partnership, well, there just aren't any good men left out there. That's, you know, what we, people kind of say sometimes there, there are no good women. There are no good men. Everybody on Tinder is just selfish and just looking for a booty call. And blah, that, that would be a, that's a kind of disenfranchisement to believe that the dating market is only such that it is. And so you're never going to be able to find that love, that soulmate, that partner. Well, if that is if that is what you're experiencing, then we want to get out of that vibration and heal that and heal the possibility of finding you only need one. But you see that one who's going to be in that partnership of, of just two people, maybe maybe you're polyamorous, no judgment if that's what you are, but I'm just talking about that partnership. So that person who is that one who will be the one that you're going to have that perfect connection with, that person is, is doing their work as well, right? So they're in their season and cycle. They're, they're actually getting ready for you. And if it has to do with something like a career or a business or something like that, well, the thing that you're going to be offering through you know, the services or the work or whatever, the others who are going to be experiencing that with you are also in their process of getting ready. And so it is a really delicate, beautiful dance to be able to connect with the field and trust the field. See, that's the thing. In the same way that we want to get down into the self and learn to accept the self and trust that the self is doing the best that you can in order for us to 
be relaxed enough to do the best that we can. We have to have the same relationship with the field. And so be okay, you know, just to recap, be okay with the fact that there are seasons and cycles. And in doing that, understanding that there are seasons and cycles brings you present, which is the only place that we create anyway. Then to work on exposing and loving through any limiting beliefs about what is possible. What is if you are if you are identifying the dating market as something that is it's negative, put that put down Tinder. Or you can, I mean, or use Tinder as a divination tool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like the magic eight ball. You could use the magic eight ball to really get real answers if you're connecting through the heart energy of it. Really, you can use anything. The tools don't actually matter. It's the frequency, it's the love that you employ those specific tools with. So that's when we have the relationship with the field, if that's what needs to be looked at, when we want to expedite action. And of course, if it is about the relationship with the self, believing that you're not good enough, believing that it, I'm not strong enough or talented enough to do this huge thing that I want to do. Well, however huge that thing is, feeling the excitement of it is beneficial. But if we start getting into the details of the unknown of how to create it, we're, we're going a little, we're putting the cart before the horse. And so what we want to do is get into the ver- to the now and love ourselves for having that desire. Even in, in, in the same way, this is where we can use our relationship with the field. Start to know that you don't have to do it all on your own. That's not what it's about. It isn't just about how lazy you are or aren't. When you're looking at others' progress and you're thinking, you see, that person is moving along faster than me. They're more talented than I am. They take more action. They're more motivated or whatever it is. That's not a fair assessment because you have no idea what's going on in their life. You have no idea how long they have been nurturing that desire that they are that you are witnessing. It's a very, a very limited view that you're witnessing. So you have no idea what the whole of their life is. You have no idea the 100 desires that they feel like are these moving fast enough? You know what I mean? So just see when you do look at someone else's experience and you're reading someone else's story, look at it only in a manner that will inspire you and know that they are a reflection of your heart. And so allow that to be an inspiration, but not a comparison. Not a, Again, not a judgment. If you feel that judgment, pivot back in and get back into the integrated feeling of accepting and loving yourself. There's there's always a reason why there isn't action being taken in a certain kind of swiftness, whether it is the field getting ready for you or you getting ready for your desire. You're always, you're always growing and learning. And so every moment there is something that you can't quite see the other side of it that, will, that you're actually getting better for according to your higher self. You know, your higher self is saying, we're not going to actually get there until we're the person we want to be to have that experience. And so you as well have seasons and cycles. You literally, you know, just think about little kids. Literally little kids think, well, I want to wear high heels. Little girls, or I did. I, I don't wear them now, so I don't know why I wanted to wear high heels when I was four. Because <laughs> I do not now. <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> I had that little fantasy when I was four years old of wanting to wear high heels. And so I got the little plastic ones and everything. But little girls don't wear high heels to school because they're not ready for it. That's not what there's, it's, they would break their little ankles. It's not appropriate for the activity that, 
surrounds a five-year-old's life. It's probably not, it's actually not really appropriate for the activity of a grown woman either because those are, those are just torture as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Anyway, so we actually have to allow ourselves, we have to be okay with the fact that we are growing in exactly the time, in perfect divine timing. Here's the thing that we can do. Divine timing is actually kind of like a magic spell that we can just conjure. We can get ourselves into the feeling of perfect synchronism, and it happens. If we just feel that, and then everything that shows up, we just affirm and we agree with the fact that it is perfectly synchronized to my highest good in this moment, it brings us to the present, and then suddenly we start to see it. We start to agree with perfect synchronism, and when we are in that perfect synchronism, in that state of it, and we've, we've conjured it, and we've channeled it into our experience, then things actually do start to move quicker because we're not having as much resistance to the now. And again, the now isn't going to change, isn't going to become something different than in the next now until we're good with it, until we have soft and loving energy about what is happening here and now. That's, that's powerful stuff, y'all. So we, there are times... There are times when it is time to love ourselves into it. So there are times when we do need to take action. And rather than saying, rather than having the harsh energy about it, really what it's time to do when it's time to take action on something is it's time to love yourself that much. It's time to love yourself enough to give yourself permission to take action. You see, we can't take action without loving first. Because if we do, then we're not moving in alignment. We're not moving in alignment with our own desire, our own heart, and we're not moving in alignment with the field. If we move quicker than the field, we try to force the field, then the field will correct us. That's just always going to happen because the field is concerned with the highest good and the balance for absolutely every component of the field. There is only actually one energy, and so that one energy is always in balance, and it's always in loving balance. So it's always the right alignment but if we try to move too fast with that harsh energy of self-rejection or, or rejecting, basically not uh, uh, believing that there is such a thing as perfect synchronism and that we're always being supported, and we kind of charge forward, going rogue from the entire system, we will get corrected. And that's okay. It happens. It's always going to happen. I had a car accident two weeks ago because I wasn't present, and it was con- entirely my fault. Nothing really happened. It was fine. My car is actually not even damaged the other person's car is damaged that's unfortunate and but they're the sweetest people in the world and i don't know if that makes it better or worse (laughs) that i I imposed my this deep inconvenience on people that are really sweet somehow worse than if they had been jerks (laughs) to me you know anyway but it was a really beautiful lesson i was moving i was forcing my will and i was moving out of presence, out of sync, not being in perfect synchronism, not being really aware. And the field so lovingly corrected me. It, I, was, I was treated with such grace in this by actually meeting these people who are my neighbors, meeting them, and they're so sweet to me. So even the correction can be really beautiful. As I, I did it, I, I was like, I can't believe I just did this. And I got out of the car, and I just wanted to feel very contrite. And I just wanted to do anything that I could do to be a blessing, even though I was, just a moment ago I was so not a blessing. But I just said, okay, got it. I hear you. Meaning myself. It was a wake-up call. And I said, I'm ready to be a blessing now. And so I'm just going to be present. And I'm going to go and say, I'm sorry. And try to just be there for whatever was going to happen. And it ended up being really gorgeous. So again, when we align with love, 
love of self. I mean, I forgave myself in that moment. I, I mean, as much as I'm saying I wish I hadn't created an inconvenience for really sweet people, I did. And I was rejecting myself when I did that. And so the way, way to undo that is to be is to forgive myself, to atone, meaning to look at the actions and say, I recognize how I got out of sync there, and now I want to move forward in sync, like the band from the 80s. No. But anyway, you know, I, I ha- you have to actually move through. You can't stay in guilt and self-blame because that's just more of the same energy that created the non-presence. And if you, the guilt still comes up, just take a moment, take a breath, and look at the areas that want correction, meaning they want more awareness. They want the, the energy of non-presence is asking you for more presence. It's asking you for more love and saying, well, then maybe you, maybe you could have stayed another five minutes in meditation and been able to get your frequency to the place of self-acceptance and trusting that there's no reason to rush. There's no reason to rush because if you rush without your presence, without your awareness, you can hit someone's car. So let me tell you about taking action. And this is actually, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a tuning, a little bit of a technique. And I'm borrowing this from the class that I just taught weekend before last, Manifesting with Magic, which you can still find at the Lightworkers Lab. It's learn.lightworkerslab.com slash ADM, I think it is. Go to the lightworkerslab.com and you'll be able to find the Manifesting with Magic class. It's available on demand in like a day or so from the time of this broadcast. And by the way, join the Lightworkers Lab if you haven't. That's a Facebook group of which I am a moderator and a teacher. And I'm up there live every single week as well as many other amazing practitioners who've been on Charmed Life. So go find the Lightworkers Lab on Facebook as a group. Join our community. So what I want to give you some help on when we when it's time to take action as it is going from one year one calendar year to the next is a tuning technique some tuning that frequency when doubt and resistance shows up so whether that's self-doubt or doubt in what is possible what the field will be able to deliver to us we can look at resistance or the doubt that shows up as a good thing resistance is actually a good sign. Any resistance that you feel kick up, and most of that resistance is going to come from within you rather than from without, but it comes from without, things that slow down your progress, things that you can't, the systems that that be are not allowing the path to continue to stay clear for you to continue to go forward. But whatever resistance it is, most of it is within and it's doubt. It is in direct relationship, direct proportion to how big of a change or of a manifestation you want to accomplish. Whatever the greatness is in your heart that you are moving from the inner world to the outer world, there will be a direct relationship to the amount of resistance that shows up. Because that greatness is really just your perspective of it. There isn't anything really, one thing greater than the, the other in the whole of the universe because it all is one thing. So it's really your perspective. This thing is a big deal that I'm doing. And so if it's a big deal that you're doing to you, then that means that there are things that want to be witnessed, released, the resistance that is making it seem like a big deal to you. Because maybe it's a big deal to me to have a grillion billion dollars, but to Oprah, it's normal. And so she has no resistance to it. 
I have some resistance to it because if it showed if I came home right now and I had a grillion billion dollars just sitting piled up in my house, I would I would take my cats and I would run because I'd be so scared. I don't know how it got there. And I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even want it. Kurt, I'll call you. You can come collect some of it. Is that all right? I'll, I'll take some of it. <laughs> You're not afraid of it? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll bring it over here. So that resistance that we have is there because of the greatness of that which, with, which we want to accomplish. And it's there to let the journey be fun, really. It really is. And so we think of resistance as, as a good sign or the doubt even as a good sign. I heard Marianne Williamson say recently that the mental and emotional resistance that we feel is basically gravity. It is like the gravity that we experience when we're working out, when we're doing resistance training. So you're doing resistance training, meaning you're picking something up and putting it down or you're using your own body weight. And what you're resisting in order to make those muscles stronger is gravity. And so the doubt or the mental and emotional resistance that we are experiencing when we want to accomplish something great is just gravity. And so it isn't scary. Now, it could be there because of some past events that want some observation and want some love. I, I don't believe that I can do this because people told me that I was a loser or that I wasn't talented enough to, to do it. You can probably see any great performer, and they certainly heard that in every audition and every you know, time that they were rejected a million more times than they were accepted. Talk to any performer who is a famous singer, actor, and they got rejected, and they they somehow were able to release that so that they could allow themselves the the permission to ask the question again. The question meaning, you know, can we collaborate in this artistic? You know, can I be in this film auditioning or, you know, creating the record or whatever it is with those partners who would be the ones to co-create it with you. So moving past that, being able to, someone told me I was a loser, that's asking you to believe how much of a winner you are, even more stronger. Because you have to, in order to heal that, you have to look at it all the way and see how it's untrue. And you have to create more character of yourself to be able to release that, to be loser resistant rather than being resistant in the way that you're believing in being a loser. And so doubt, resistance is a good thing because it's there to make you stronger. It's there to allow you to move into the, the manifestation and the new experience of you in a strong and powerful way, the way that your higher self has designed. So people say, I have blocks and I want to release these blocks. And sometimes I think releasing blocks, saying it that way, is actually slowing us down because releasing blocks sometimes has the energy of not, not um, appreciating what is inside the energy of that block. That block may be that, that doubt that wants to be loved into the opposite, tr- which is the truth. You're a loser. No, the opposite of that is you're a winner. And so if you just release the block without giving it your whole heart and your whole attention, then it's not really going anywhere. In that energy, we kind of are suppressing things. Sometimes, not always. Sometimes the, the, the idea of releasing a block is exactly right. Sometimes we've actually done all of the work, and it's just time to say, oh, okay, I've done the work, the inner work, 
And it is time to say, I no longer have to be concerned about that block because I've, I've gotten strong enough. I've actually stepped over it. But you see, there's a lot more of the inner work. There's a lot more of the resistance training to do before we literally release the block. So sometimes when people are saying release the block, they actually want to, rather than seeing it as a block and a big wall that is impenetrable, see it as just a step that's a little bit higher and that we just need a little more strength in order to stand up upon it and move over it. So the block isn't a wall. It's a step. One thing that we can do to continue to tune ourselves in the feeling of resistance and doubt and you know, being able to love ourselves out of maybe some old identity, old you know, false identity about being something that is not great enough to have the accomplishments that are on our path, we can use gratitude. Gratitude tuning is really powerful. Now, here's the reason why gratitude is a powerful state of manifestation, if you've heard this before, is because ma- gratitude is a state of having. So it is the receptive mode, as Abraham Hicks refers to it, the receptive mode, because you have received. And not only that, but you appreciate it and you're wide open to receive more. And you are in complete alignment with the field when you feel gratitude because you're saying thank you from the field and I receive it. And so you, again, have this open relationship with the field and with yourself. You are in complete fulfillment of having. So gratitude tuning, meaning by just feeling gratitude for what you have and even the opportunities that you have, and even the blocks that you have, and even the resistance and doubt, because you can see even from this one perspective where it feels challenging to experience still with resonance, I'm a loser. You have some resonant feelings with that. It feels like a pang in the heart. But you can, you can allow yourself just the understanding that, but that is just something I'm growing out of. I'm loving myself through. I can reason myself away from that false identity. Using gratitude will help you to get even stronger, even if you're not using it for the literal, the literal instant. So if, it is, if you aren't capable at the time to kind of muster gratitude for the challenges and the doubt and the resistance and the old wounds, use it about something else. And if you could get proximate to whatever the desire is, whatever the goal or accomplishment is, if you can get proximate in the realm of it, but feel genuine gratitude, that will actually tune everything. And it will help you to then look at the resistance and the doubt with a little more clarity because you've been able to get to the place of being grateful, of having, of being in appreciation for whatever it is. So if it doesn't have to be proximate to the desire, but if it can be in the realm, then you'll then that's great. Otherwise, just be grateful for your family, be grateful for whatever it is in your experience that you can really see as, you know, in that loving and integrated state. So what you can do is use doubt and resistance as a pivot point. That is, whatever it fears, love the opposite. Whatever doubt and resistance is fearing, love the opposite. So if you have old wounds about having been verbally or even physically abused, those old wounds, that what that is fearing is that you will be abused again if you connect with others. Love the opposite. Connecting with others is a joy. 
connecting with others is the whole reason that I am here in this experience. I love connecting with others, and I am so grateful for the genuine connections that I have and all the ones that are on their way to me at this time. At this very moment that I feel love for the connections that I'm, that I'm bringing into my existence, they come to me even more quickly because now my eyes are open to receive, the, to see them. My heart is open to receive them and my ears are open to hear them and my mouth is relaxed and ready to express my love to them. This is what we can use it as a pivot point, doubt and resistance. It is showing you what to love. The fear that you have is showing you, is pointing you to love. The exact opposite of your fear is what wants to be loved and what you want to love yourself into. So fear not looking at fear. Fear is just there to show you where the love is. So here are a few examples of that, more, of the, uh, more examples of that. If you, fear, if you fear poverty because maybe you had more of an impoverished childhood, Turn your loving awareness to gratitude for all that you have now. If you have anything, then you can be grateful for that. And you have anything because, well, you're here with a body and you're, you're currently alive. As I was walking into the studio, we do broadcast in, in Hollywood, and there was this bus bench, and there were three people on the bus bench, and they all appeared to be probably homeless or to some degree homeless because they had a lot of their possessions with them. One woman had a suitcase and there was another man who had like several bags and really melancholy image because he had this big teddy bear and, you know, a teddy bear in a pile of things on Hollywood. There was no child there. So I don't know if this man needs the teddy bear for his own comfort or if he does have a child that... He's some, you know, all, all of the, the assumptions that can be made about whatever that story is. And these three people were all chatting with one another. And the woman asked one of them, it was two men and a woman. The woman asked one of the men if he could help her fix or do something with her luggage. And so they got up and they were helping each other. And they were all actually really beautiful. They, they all had color and what they were having there as their possessions and they were being kind to one another and so just seeing that that little snapshot of that story I you know I, I prayed for them I can't make assumptions about what it is that they were doing and you know how they got there whether they're in suffering I don't want to be in judgment that even what they're doing is less than desirable for them because who knows maybe that's maybe that's their dream you know so it, it's it's hard to really make too many assumptions about anyone else's experience. But I appreciated how they all had color in their faces and in their, and like I say, even in their possessions. And I could see that they had gratitude for what they were experiencing in that moment. And so maybe they didn't have a home. Or maybe they did and they just kind of walk around with a lot, a lot of luggage. I don't know. But they were being kind to one another and... They were actually, like with the color and the kindness that they were showing, they were inspiring me. And perhaps there were people around that could see that these people were really being a really great example of gratitude, really. So if you do fear, fear poverty, if you see an image like that, 
and it strikes fear in you because you had a challenging childhood or maybe in your younger adult years and or right now you are fearing that there isn't enough. Well, then just turn your loving awareness and gratitude for all that you have. And these people inspired me today because I just saw that and I felt that from them and I sent it back to them. If you fear loss of a relationship, if you fear that you're going to be alone or that you're going to lose friends, family, or partnership, look to the loving support that you have and affirm that and have gratitude for it. And that loving support could be in physical relationships, other human relationships, other animal relationships, or it could be in spiritual relationships. And so you could sit in the presence of prayer and meditation and just allow love to fill your heart. And that's spirit. Those are your spirit guides or angels. It's the presence of God or the Holy Spirit, however you see it. And you have that relationship and allow that to fill your heart. And that loving relationship that you are affirming and experiencing will heal the fear of losing relationships. Doubt is there to help you strengthen your relationship to yourself and to the field. So regarding the self-doubt, that doubt reveals self-rejection, self-judgment, and disbelief in yourself. And so when you, what you want to do then is allow that to be a pivot point. Self-rejection, find ways to accept yourself. And they can be even small ways of, I really like how my hair is right now. Small ways or big ways. I'm very talented, and I know that I have many talents that I express and many that, will, that are still potential within me. Accept yourself. Spend moments of having some self-romance. Dote on yourself in your meditation and your prayer. Allow love to fill your heart and affirm, I accepted that love. That means that I'm capable of loving. Self-judgment. It's very similar to self-rejection, but perhaps it is in things that have already occurred, where self-rejection is rejecting rejecting who you are right now and who you could be a very non-present way. Self-judgment could be about things that happened in the past, ways that you feel that you didn't do something correctly or ways that you were lazy, as we we're saying, is a way to judge ourselves. Something about yourself that you want to shift, be affirm that you're in the, the unfolding of that or just disbelief in yourself. And so that would be about those talents, about the potential. And just affirm that you have done many great things and there are even more great things to unfold. Just the fact that you can experience these desires in your heart and to identify them and to play with them, th- that, is, that is proof that things will be unfolding in your outer experience too because you cannot imagine a non-reality. Regarding the field, having doubt in the field, doubt will show up. It is revealed in the experience of disenfranchisement. Separation, co- separation consciousness or just skepticism in general. And so again, allow all of those pivot points to be pivot points into the opposite, which is what is being called from you. The resistance is just asking for you to step upon it like a step, like, or to pick it up and put it back down like you would with a weight. And all along the way, 
to be able to tune your frequency so that you can start to experience things in your outer world. You can ask for guidance, and that guidance can come by whatever your spiritual practice is in your prayer and manifestation, or many of the other techniques you might use, like you know oracle cards. Those things are really wonderful. Or a counselor, getting a reading from someone, getting an astrological reading from my friend Lauren Antifermo at soulfultransformations.com, or anything like that, getting into a coaching situation. That kind of stuff can be really powerful to help you to connect with those desires within you and be motivating to just focus upon them. And then, of course, alignment, which is something that you can channel by affirming perfect synchronism, affirming that state of love that you have within you at all times. Gratitude is very powerful to get you in connection with guidance, with alignment, and with the unfolding of all of your desires. So that is what procrastination is really doing. Procrastination is the exact opposite of inspiration. Procrastination isn't real. It's just calling you inward to recognize what is inside of you that's wanting more love and then allowing you to turn that to the field and impress upon the field, the quantum field, the universe, your desires, your order to the universe from a loving place and then partnering and being a co-owner of the universe. As a co-owner of the universe, since there's only one energy, everything is there for you to claim today in love, in an alignment. All right. Well, that is our show today. I wish you all a very blessed new year. Have fun as you ring in the new year. Be safe, of course, and do join me every week live on Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, and you can call in to the show. Check out my YouTube, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Trisha Carr, where I'm teaching all the time, and I'm offering special hangouts and meditations. And that's a way for you to be able to support this work if you enjoy Charmed Life. I'll see you in the Lightworkers Lab, too. And I just love you all so very much. If you would like to subscribe, like, share, comment, leave a review on iTunes, man, I just, that lights up my life and really helps me to get higher up in the algorithm of the whole, you know, interwebs and stuff. So you really help me out when you do that. And I appreciate you listening and connecting your light to this program at all times, uh, every, every single week as you do. We've been over two years now, so all of my love and all of my gratitude to you, Charmed Life listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Mm-hmm.